Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Smith grabs the puck and scores! Welcome to episode 48 of Bruins and Bruins, the Craig Smith times four episode. Um, I know it should be the Matt Grizzlick episode, but you just heard it. Craig Smith scored the game winner in OT last night as of this recording. Oh, yeah. It sounds (laughs) like you're taking a a piss. Good start, everybody. All right, are you a diehard Boston sports fan? <laughs> well, Bruce and Bruins is sponsored by diehard Boston sports fans. They have merch up for grabs. Drew's wearing it right now. It's the black and gold till I'm dead and cold shirt. We all have them. Uh, use the promo code Bruce on diehardbostonsportsfans.com uh, and get yourself. Uh, we're still not sure how much it is. I think it's 10% off not added that would be bad that would be the opposite of what you want <laughs> 10 percent added that goes to us <laughs> you, put, you put our put the promo code bruise and it's like ten dollars more fuck ten dollars more for a bumper sticker from bruce and bruins uh drew you got some words oh yeah it's playoff time big stakes bigger promotions every day if basketball's playoffs DraftKings will have twenty thousand dollars in total prizes up for grabs the best part It's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools, if you're not familiar with them, are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Down the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to feel the... Mm. (laughs) Sweat! (laughs) Like never before when you sign up to get your... Smith grabs the puck. We sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to the DraftKings pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN. THPN for a limited 
time. Spin. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Yeah, take that promo code for Thpin. Um, Yeah, so it's episode 48. Brews and Bruins, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards and DraftKings and uh, DiehardBostonSportsFans.com. It's me. It's Drew. Uh, No cam because it's Friday. Um, Friday content. We're, We're in Thursday. That's how time works um bruins currently up in the series two to one uh and th- all three games have gone to overtime uh oh yeah let's do beers <laughs> drew you have a beer why have we we've all just forgotten like the last eight there's episodes. just so much shit to remember you gotta I do know. the ad reads then you gotta do the like intro of the hockey it's podcast as if we don't podcast. write it down and plan it uh, and then you got to intro the beers. I guess as long as we remember, there are three things you need to do at the beginning of every episode. We'll we'll remember from now on, I guess. And apparently, pee in the pee in a cup is one of them. Yeah, right into the microphone. Uh, I'm drinking an Allagash White Belgian style wheat beer. I feel like Allagash, at least for me, is the beer I most equate to Maine. Like, not that it's like the stereotypical Maine beer, but it's the one that I equate. I th- I think it's one of the most widely available main beers yeah um brewed and bottled in portland maine like i think Just i could get allagash white here I, I know for a fact i can get it here yeah but i love it like it i feel like anyone who's had a beer in maine probably has had an allagash probably. at some point in their life so the, the allagash brewery is really fucking cool for um for being like kind of a, a big deal. They, they do a lot of cool, like uh, uh weird styles of beer where they got like wild yeast and shit. And I don't really know how it works, but good for them. Uh, but for drinkability, certainly drinkable, a nice 5.2%. Uh, it can definitely taste kind of the, Light, I, I don't know how to describe it. I, I'm going to just leave it as if you had an Allagash, you know what I'm tasting right now. Um, drinkability, definitely very high. I'm going to go with a 30 and then taste. You can taste it, but you know, it's not like it's a Belgium style wheat beer. It's not an IPA or anything. So uh, I believe when, the flavor in Belgian style beers is typically coriander. Ooh. Um, so it tastes like coriander, so you can taste the coriander. <laughs> I'll go yeah. with it. Um, uh, I'll give taste, though, like a 16 on tasteability. Taste is very good. Sick. Um, I've got a McKellar Beer Geek Breakfast. It's a stout. Um, it gives you all of the things in both English and in Danish because this is also a danish brewing company uh, it's a stout brewed with coffee so uh let's give it a try as though i haven't been drinking this the whole time <laughs> well you got a fresh mug there so yeah so it's uh seven and a half percent i would say pretty light uh body not like color wise it's very dark beer but it's not a heavy beer, I would say. It's uh goes down pretty smooth, kind of like uh kind of like a Guinness. Um 
and it's not overwhelmingly coffee, but definitely a little bit of an aftertaste. Uh, so very solid on the taste scale. I'd give it like a 26. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not as sweet as a lot of breakfast stouts, which I think bodes really well for as far as drinkability. So, uh, drinkability, let's give it a 22. I like it. Some who's 22, who was ever 22, Sean Thornton. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think if there was someone more recent. Okay, I don't think so. Uh, I think, uh, didn't 22 just get retired? Like, wasn't Craig Smith supposed to be 22? And then he switched. Oh, yeah. Was that Willie O'Ree's retirement? Yeah, retirement. Yeah, well, they, yeah, okay, so they haven't retired it yet, they postponed it till next season so they could have like a full crowd so that's why they were going to retire this season but it's not officially retired yet but in spirit yeah it's 22 all right cool (laughs) sweet what's next and that was bruising (laughs) Uh, what if we just did like a nine minute episode um yeah i mean we watched the first three games um i mean we we talked to hockey troll about some of the things that bruins fans should be worried about if they start happening and one of the things he mentioned was if the fourth line starts scoring for the capitals Mm -hmm. uh and they've done that um it's been a lot of the first and fourth line scoring a little bit of the power play um it's been worrisome at times Uh, i think the capitals have done a really good job of you know winning periods they've done they've taken over some periods and kind of shifted the ice in their in their direction and um overall it hasn't worked for them because the bruins have won two games in overtime but i mean those are coin flips uh and Two of them have gone the Bruins' way. One of one has gone the Caps' way. So, obviously, it's a pretty even matchup. Um, the Caps are doing a pretty good job at shutting down most of the Bruins' offense, and it, it's not really what no team scored more than three goals, right? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. It was Just one three, was two. one game four three in overtime? May uh, that would it would have been game one if that was the case. Because I think Second. game two was three two as well. It's uh... <laughs> good, good podcasting right here. Yeah, this is Let's great. See. What do we got? Yeah, um, yeah they won four three in game two. It was uh... three three two caps in game one. They won four three in game two, and they won three two in game three. I hope people listening were just aggravated because you knew what the yeah, scores just, like, were. Just like screaming. I was like, I know the fucking score. I watched the games. Mm. Um, promised that I watched the games as well. But, uh, you know, when you add in three extra periods, it's a, a lot to remember. And it becomes a 0-0 game in OT. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, that game one, tough to watch. Game two was a little more exciting. Game three... Not that much fun to watch either. I don't, honestly, 
I enjoy watching playoff hockey as long as the Bruins aren't playing in it because it's just it's super anxiety-ridden moments for me. I feel like the Bruins played pretty damn well in Game 3. I feel like they've slowly kind of improved. Uh, I think... I mean, a big thing we talked about last episode in reference to games one and two was the clean breakouts. The Bruins weren't breaking the puck out. They were having a tough time in the neutral zone with the Cavs' physicality. And I think they were a bit quicker through the neutral zone this time around. I can't tell you exactly why and exactly what was different, um, but I think they were just a little bit faster and were able to have those clean breakouts. And that's why you saw... Uh, what was it? The third period? I think the Bruins, out, or maybe it was the first overtime. The Bruins outshot the Caps like fifteen to like six or something in one of those periods. Uh, the um, third period, the Bruins got outshot five on five, eight to nothing. And okay, period. and then in the first overtime, they I think they had like seventeen shots or something like that. Yeah. Um, um, and so they did that a lot better. I think that's what led to a lot of their success. Uh, but kind of like you said, Chris, it's a coin flip at the point of overtime in many ways. And I think that double overtime goal was just a big uh, example of it being a coin flip. It was just a lucky that bounce sh- for Craig Smith. There's just some lapse in communication between the defenseman and Samsonov and wound up going the Bruins' way. Yeah, that shit has happened to the Bruins, so like... It, it happens, um, you know, especially for a, a goalie like Samsonov who hasn't played in a really long time. Um, yeah, I thought he looked pretty good. I thought uh, I thought Tuka looked pretty good. Um, I wouldn't say any of the goals Tuka surrendered were necessarily his fault. So or I guess he only gave up two. So, yeah, I know he was getting kind of railed for his overtime goal in game one. Which, yeah, I'd love to see him make that save, but it's one of those weird things where, like, you put it in slow motion, yeah, it looks terrible because um, it goes off his chest and then he kind of, like, he put it through his own legs. But um, if, you, if you watch it in full speed, it tips off of, uh, well, I believe it was Nick Dowd's stick. Um, and then, you know, Rask was ready for maybe, like, a five-hole save or something along those lines. And then... Uh, gets it in the chest and doesn't really know where it is. And then it comes down and he's kind of reacting to it. And I'm not going to put too much blame on him, but I know a lot of people are don't care. Um, Comes back, looks pretty good in, in game two. Um, And then, you know, game three, uh, I think got overshadowed by a really good play from Samsonov, but uh, ultimately came out the winner, gave up only two goals over the course of, what four and a half periods mm-hmm. um yeah pretty good stuff yeah i think rask had a stellar performance in game three there were a number of times where uh as we kind of referenced washington just completely outshot the bruins in periods and i'd be interested to see at least for all of regulation i bet washington was up bruins might have caught up a bit in overtime in terms of shots on goal but uh and a lot of those were high danger there's a lot of the- the Bruins ended up with, I think, six more shots than than Washington. But there I think was it was just, mostly the first overtime. Yeah, and there was just like all like a lot of chaos in the crease this game. Rask, we've talked about that in the last episode too, but uh, you just did a phenomenal job. And I think 
anytime you make it to overtime, you have to give your well, both goalies some damn credit. Um, and then to go into a second overtime as well, you're not going to get there with subpar goaltending. You're going to get there with really good goaltending, and both goaltenders stole a couple. Uh, and Tuka, yeah, Tuka did great. Definitely, definitely, I feel like a more Tuka performance than the first two games. I felt like he was really on his A game. game yeah. Three. Um, and I, I think for the most part, the Bruins did a pretty good job in game three of limiting odd man rushes. There were a couple, but uh, definitely not as many as there were in game two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a pretty tough go of it for the third pairing, no matter who's been paired up. But um, uh, Lazan appears to be injured. I know he got hit in the hand uh, with a shot. And I, I assume that's why he's out. Connor Clifton's looked okay. Um pretty good at times but also you know he's Connor Clifton so he's not gonna not gonna do a whole lot while he's on the ice um and Kevin Miller has looked like absolute garbage at times um he's made a few good plays but uh you know laying a few hits isn't gonna make up for literally giving up a goal mm-hmm. um it's it's been tough and you know it, it looks as bad on paper as it does on the ice. Uh, all those numbers back it up. He's been the worst Bruin uh, skater. Tough to see. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know if like swapping him out for Tenorti and moving, uh, moving well, that around moves the needle at all. Cause I don't, yeah, I think Jared it won't change much. Basically the same player. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think Kevin Miller is a better hockey player than Jared Tenorti, but, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe m- making that third pairing left and right instead of two right hand, I, I don't I don't think it matters that much. But, yeah, it's just frustrating to see Kevin Miller out there sucking. And I think Cliffy had a couple good games now uh, in there. He hasn't been bad. Uh, still get a little bit nervous in his own zone, but I really like his ability to transition. Uh, there's a couple points where uh, he was the third guy in the in the attacking zone, and uh, a good option there. Obviously, not the shot of some of the forwards on the Bruins, but I think definitely one of the better shots uh, in terms of the defenseman. Um, and that's what he was known for in college too. Incredible two way defenseman at the NCAA level. So, yeah, well, <laughs> at the NHL level, he's an awful offensive defenseman, but yeah, but uh, I think he's pretty, good enough to lock down that third pair. I he's pretty good he, in his, in his own zone. Um, and he and, plays both sides. So. Yeah. So I, I, I tweeted out the, uh, his chart from evolving hockey and it confused a lot of people. Because, you know, sometimes what you see on the ice is, oh, this guy, like, you know, makes good good zone exits sometimes and can carry the puck into the zone and, you know, plays bigger than he is. Uh, and you see him attempt shots. I Now that I think of it, I don't recall any of his shots being actually on net. But, <laughs> you know, having some good opportunities that <laughs> turn into, oh, just wide by Clifton. Uh, <laughs> And I, I think a lot of that kind of translates into a, a really negative uh, expected goals percentage, um, but also really positive expected goals against percentage. So, um, yeah, we're kind of an enigma. I also, I just, 
I also don't really understand how conceptually you can be really good um, with Corsi for and really bad Corsi against. Or <laughs> I guess I think it might be the other way around. It's really bad Corsi for really good Corsi against. So like just no one's taking shots while <laughs> while he's on the ice. Yeah, they're just scared. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Ovechkin gets scared to go up against. Yeah. So I, I think like he's in my lineup. I don't care. Like I think if Lausanne comes back, I want him in there instead of Kevin Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see which way Cassidy goes. I think it's always going to go to Kevin Miller just because, you know, he's the emotional leader. He's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's been there longer. He's theoretically got more experience though i think like connor clifton's probably played more nhl games now than he has (laughs) (laughs) kind of joking um yeah i mean i I don't i don't have a huge problem with kevin miller's game it's just you know when it when he's trying to do too much is when it really starts to suck because you know he did work on his skating a couple years ago before he got hurt again Mm -hmm. um and definitely improved that part of his game. And now I think it's not fully back yet. Um, after a year of kind of sheltering himself a little bit. And I think he's still trying to do the things he was doing two years ago, like maybe pinching when he shouldn't pinch and, you know, leaving himself really exposed. And that kind of stuff doesn't fly in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's stuff. The capitals are going to, Capitalize. Capitalize. Woo! Caps capitalize on Miller's misfortune. (laughs) Man, that's that's like several levels of uh, alliteration. You got you're going into four letters of. (laughs) There you go. So like six total letters of alliteration between four words. Pretty good. What else 12 is letters. What else is there? Um, Everywhere we go, people. Want I mean, we got to talk about Taylor Hall's goal. That was. Oh, yeah, we do. Insane. Yeah, that um, was filthy to yeah, be aware I mean, of that time I don't wanna, space. I don't want to give too much credit to. To uh, that whole line for what happened on there, because I don't think Krejci really had anything to do with it. And uh, Craig Smith made like a. Uh, what looked like a really cool behind the back pass, but also I think he was just trying to get the puck to the front of the net and didn't really know if Taylor Hall was there. So <laughs> I don't want to like put too much credit on those guys, but um, yeah, that, that goal by Taylor Hall is pretty insane. The, um, the, that's like Samsonov shutting down all angles and really left only a little bit of space up there in the top corner and Taylor Hall hit it while moving yeah. backwards. Just great awareness to realize he has that time and space to make a move like that. And in the interview after the game, he said one of the uh, Bruins coaches had, or trainers, someone on the staff during the morning skate talked to him about there was an opportunity in game one or game two where he had uh, more time and he just kind of shoveled a shot on net, uh, which a lot of the time they say a shot's not a bad idea, almost never a bad idea, but uh, that he could have had a little more patience, maybe made one more move and had a better look. So he kind of kept that in mind in that situation when he realized he had that time and space. Uh, he took it and just absolutely roofed it too. 
and like you said, Chris, in the small space that was left for him, because um, Samsonov didn't do a bad job defending that. Uh, he was he was just kind of caught in a bad situation where uh, one of the Bruins' best scorers since the trade deadline has was left wide open. Um, what else? We we got the David Pasternak should have been uh, either a goal or penalty shot. That would have been interesting. Um, yeah, I think in the regular season, yeah, but they were letting it go play out. Let's let's talk about the officiating in the overtime. So, I mean, we can. I I don't like to unless there are plays that legitimately like cancel out goals uh, that are bad calls one way or the other. Uh, I don't really like to play that game because usually it balances out. Um, I, I think we've seen some pretty bad calls against the Bruins and some pretty bad calls against the Capitals. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't really want to talk too much about it, but yeah, I, I think in general, when you go to playoff overtime, uh, officials like to let them play. And that makes the game so much worse uh, because now instead of players getting open, you got players hooking guys and, you know, maybe taking some slashes that you wouldn't see otherwise. And, you know, maybe instead of having a real scoring opportunity, you got David Pasternak fucking cruising into the, into the boards and hitting his head. Um, Yeah, that shit sucks. And, that's why the officiating should be consistent throughout the game, regardless of whether it's overtime or not. Like there has to be a line somewhere and giving power plays in overtime is not necessary, necessarily a death knell. And also Mm -hmm. it's part of the fucking game. Just like do it. (laughs) (laughs) I think there were damn few instances of, boarding like they would have called it boarding in the regular season uh on both sides um so yeah carlo borderline got hit pretty, hits pretty bad in the numbers um so i think it's uh yeah they definitely it's definitely different than the regular season and then overtime is a whole char also got tripped in overtime oh yeah uh, by uh, craig smith and you got, you got a stick kind of jammed in his skate and try Garnet to get hathaway submarined you know. marshy yeah um yeah, those are things that should be called. And, you know, when you're not calling them, you are changing the outcome of the game by not calling that. They like to. Didn't say he submarine that, McAvoy? No. He like oh, no, tripped, earlier. He sorry. tripped Marshy over the middle. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, McAvoy went for a hit and he. Uh, yeah. He ducked it. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think officials like to say, yeah, we want the play on the ice to determine the outcome. And yeah, that's that's all well and good. But by not calling a penalty, you are helping to determine the outcome. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because, you know, maybe David Pasternak would have scored there if he hadn't been hooked on his hands. Um, he, he got the five hole and just missed slightly uh, to the left of the net. So... At the end of the day, the least you can ask for is consistency, and they were consistent in keeping their whistles in their pockets. So, um, I would like to see some of those infractions called, um, but at the end of the day, I'm glad it wasn't an instance where uh, there was a BS call on one team, and then there were makeup calls, and then 
or it just kind of wasn't even in how consistent in how they were calling penalties. And I know it was from regulation to overtime for sure. Um, but I don't know. It worked out for the Bruins. I'm happy. It's fine. Brad Marchand needs to stop taking but... shitty penalties. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. That was so damn dumb. And I'm very glad he got called for it. I think it's uh Ref's giving him a wake-up call, and I hope he never fucking just pulls that shit again. It's not like it was dirty or dangerous or anything. It's just, it's just the second. Stupid. It's the second time he's done it, and the second time he got called for it. It's the new licking. And the he's first like, time, first time they sent both. So. Well, so they, I, I think they sent Mantha. I don't remember what the call was, but Mantha cross-checked him first, mm. and they didn't call it at the time. Then Marshy was like sticking a stick in his face, and Mantha like dramatically threw his head back or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they called the cross check or the embellishment, but either way, they probably just called it because of the embellishment. Um, And then, I mean, he tries it again. I don't know. R- reminds me of the, the whole like Alex Burroughs thing. Like, mm. I just think, uh, what was it? I think it was Dylan who dove. Who like flopped at one point? <laughs> Brendan Mar- yeah, it was Marshall who came up behind him, right? And he yeah, just completely it was, flopped. It was right after the the Pasternak, like Pasternak mm-hmm. went into the boards, and like yeah. on the replay, you could see Marshy kind of like slash him in the back of the legs, and he just like. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> As if his back gave out, it should have been a penalty shot and four on four. <laughs> <laughs> And instead, it was just five on five. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, complaining about the officiating the playoffs really only matters if it really affects the outcome. And I think the Bruins should have won that game and did. Mm-hmm. Um, and justice I mean, I, is served. I'm I'm sure. I mean, if we had hockey troll on here, another Caps fan, they'd be saying, "Oh yeah, yeah the Caps are getting fucking hosed." Um, and and maybe that's the case because we're we're watching from Bruins fan eyes, and if we feel like the officiating has been fair, bad on both sides, then it maybe it's probably bad on the other side. I don't know. Um, I, I've seen I follow a few Cavs fans, and they've I've seen them complaining about certain things, and for the most part, I'm I've been not super pissed off at most of the penalty calls against the Bruins. So. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe they're getting the favorable bounce and whatnot, but that could be shifted at any time. For sure, for sure. So what are you looking for in the upcoming games to ensure that the Bruins win this series? Uh, Win it in five, please, because I'm actually able to watch game five. Um, And yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. You just bring the same performance, maybe up it a little bit in Game Four. Uh, yeah, don't up, wait up till don't wait until OT to start getting shots on goal and just saving it for the fourth quarter. Offensive time, exactly. Uh, just more sustained offensive pressure, more ozone time. I think is big. They did a good job in upping their neutral zone game in terms of breakouts uh and keep being physical even though they're not a, as big as uh, some of those boys on the capitals 
uh, Chara notably. Uh, keep being physical. Keep answering. I don't care if it's Corrali going after a guy who's like three inches taller than him. You got to do it. That's your role. Yeah, for me, it's it's two things. I want the the fourth line to be better, and I want the power play to be better. Um, yeah, I think I think getting a five on three and not really even having a, a legitimate chance to score was pretty tough. Um, yeah, that was frustrating. I was at work and I saw they had a five on three, and I was like, "Ooh!" And then a minute later, I checked the TV. And it was like, "Wait, and nothing it, happened." What and it was fuck? like three total minutes of power play too, because the the second penalty happened about a minute into the first power play. So it was like a minute of power play, a minute of five on three, and then a minute of power play. And there were a couple of decent opportunities on the five on three, but nothing really transpired. And then on either side of that, nothing happened. And it was extremely frustrating to watch. Um, I don't know if anybody saw, but I tweeted out that uh, the Bruins power play killed my dog. What are you going to do to uh, fix this? And then, Luckily, Marshy scored on the power play later in the game. Um, yeah, so I, I, I guess one of the issues for me is, you know, Charlie McAvoy on the power play isn't really working. Um, yeah, I would love to see, you know, either Mike Riley or Taylor Hall move up to that top pairing or the the top unit, and then you know put Mike Riley on the second unit. Um. I don't. I don't even mind having two defensemen on on either unit, especially if it's puck movers like Riley. I think. I think Mike Riley had a really Chris, good game. Chris um, hasn't been too bad. No, I, I'm a fan of either of them on the power play. Um, but you know, if you you can't be on a five on three and have Charlie McAvoy on there, I think you need to get Taylor Hall up with that top unit when you're, you know, when you got a chance like that, and they just they didn't make it happen. Um, and then I guess for me, the, uh, we've talked about it before on here, uh, during the bubble last year, we talked about game fours, um, other than, you know, a game seven or elimination game, it's the most important game of the, of the series. Cause I mean, at this point you're up two one, you're either going to go up three, one and take a commanding lead in the series, or it's going to be, a, a an even series and you're back at square one. Um, and I was going to go back and like, look at, uh, all the playoffs and see like what percentage of teams who won game before ended up winning the series, but I didn't end up doing that. I bet it's high though. Yeah. Going up three, one would be absolutely huge, especially in this kind of series where the teams look pretty evenly matched. They both have different strengths and different weaknesses, which has been really fun to watch go head to head against each other. But if you can get up three and one, uh, three to one, then you can go one and two against a team that it's kind of been a coin flip every game who it's going to go to and still win the series. Um, so it's a huge, huge opportunity for the Bruins to get to a place, especially because, you know, at times I've worried. I think the Caps had many opportunities to win that game themselves, and this would be a whole different story. So they hit uh, the post a couple of times at the end of the third period. Yeah. Yeah, that was scary. Jack goes cross, off cross the pie. Bar, crossbar and post. Um, yeah, I believe uh, what Backstrom hit one, maybe Kuznetsov. Uh, I think Kuzi had one, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Kuznetsov's back as well. That's 
that's big. He's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he and played pretty him. well. Doesn't have COVID now. He had yeah. tested positive twice. Um, yeah, that sucks. Uh, Lars Eller out. So, you know, center depth still being What tested. happened with him? I believe he got injured last game. I don't remember exactly what it was, but... Was he the one who went down and blocked that? No, I think it was Dowd who went down and blocked a shot and it went off his knee, like exposed no, to this, the pad. This was game two that Eller got hurt. Okay. When was yeah, that? Dad. Game one? Oh, no, that was game three, yeah. Was, that That's was last game, yeah. Took a shot, yeah. Well... Yeah, good stuff. What else we got? I don't know, man. Go bees. Go bees. I might. Uh, so if there is a game six, I might be watching that in a bar. Ooh. I had a, oh. I had a coworker uh, send out a, a text to our group saying, uh, "Hey, uh, hey, we're, uh, all, we're all we're all vaccinated. Uh, you know, we could go to our wing spot and." Uh, and check out the uh, the Celtics Nets game and the Bruins Capitals game. And there you go. I was I was sold. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's been well over a year since we uh, did like a coworker meetup at our favorite wing spot, which is coincidentally like a an eight minute walk from my apartment, which is really nice because not a lot of stuff is really close to my apartment that very convenient. would want to go to <laughs> a very important place to have walking distance. Yeah. Well, for, <laughs> for Maybe reference, it's, it's probably like a 15, 20 minute drive for most of my coworkers <laughs> <laughs> and they're all meeting me here and I, I'll just walk on over. Walk on over. Shouts to dirty birds, free advertising. Um, it's a place that you never want to go on any day that's not Tuesday or Wednesday if you're eating wings because Tuesday is uh, half price wings and Wednesday is all you can eat wings and the rest of the time it's wildly expensive. <laughs> it's like 15 bucks for 10 wings. Oh, damn. Yeah. God damn. Well, Friday, fun day. Hope everyone has Friday a good day. Day, night. I'm thinking that we just might fly away to someplace they don't know who we are. Oh, I, I don't know the rest of the lyrics to that.